Most yoga teachers repeat the same stuff they learned in teacher training for years and years. And it does provide a sense of security to do the proven things, right? But at the same time, it can feel off when you're queuing with words that are not your own. Tune in today to explore why cultivating your unique voice is key for teaching yoga with ease and what you can do to drop canned cues and find your own while still feeling safe enough to do so. Welcome to Teaching Yoga with Ease, episode 49. My name is Patrick, and in this podcast I share stories, tips, and tools to help you thrive as a yoga teacher. You learn how to align your body, mind, and soul, and teach without stress or worry, so you can keep inspiring your students every day. The sun, you guys, the sun is here, finally. I mean, for those of you living in places where the sun always shines good for you i don't know if you can imagine but we had some pretty dark days over here in germany it was no fun at all waking up in the dark going through those rainy windy gray days and coming home in the dark i just missed the sunlight and yesterday i spent an amazing day in a nearby city just running some errands having coffee with a friend but mostly enjoying the streets the birds and the sunlight vitamin d people so good and from a mindset perspective, you know, our mind is super powerful, but it cooperates with our body, the vessel through which we experience life. And studies have found that when you tend to have mood swings or symptoms of anxiety or depression, sunlight can really help you get in a better mood. So if you happen to have a lot of sunlight throughout the year where you live, be grateful, enjoy that. It helps you handle all those challenges life throws at you and it makes it much easier to do the mindset work we do here in the pod. If you happen to live in an area of the world that has darker, grayer months, make sure to get yourself out there from time to time and see the daylight. Supplement if you need that and be grateful for knowing what you can do to cultivate a positive attitude, both with your body and with your mind. Yeah, so much for my little mental health intervention today. Now let's go to our main topic for this episode, which is teaching yoga authentically. And I was recently talking with a fellow yoga teacher. Her name is Gabby, and I work with her at reception from time to time. So some of you know, besides coaching and teaching, I work at reception here at our yoga center for those of you new to the pod, I live and work at a yoga center where we offer courses, workshops, and training programs on yoga and meditation. So anyway, I was talking to Gabby, who besides her work at the front desk, is an excellent facilitator for meditations and sound baths. And we had this conversation about the things we had been teaching here at the yoga center, when Gabby said to me, by now I'm only interested in teaching stuff I really know. And at first I thought, yeah, of course, you should only teach stuff you know and avoid to share any assumptions or half-truths with your students. But that wasn't what she meant. And Gabby was trying to tell me that by then she only wanted to teach stuff she knew with her body and mind, with her whole being to be true. She only wanted to pass on those experiences she had made herself. And she didn't want to teach classes by the book anymore just because someone once taught her in a training program, or just because that's the way most yoga teachers do.
do their classes. Such a bold statement, isn't it? Drop all the shallow things you just heard someone else say and only teach what you know to be beneficial because it's been beneficial to you. Yeah, I imagine you wouldn't rely on a certain idea of sequencing, but you would arrange your class as it makes sense to you. Or I imagine you wouldn't choose a certain wording for your cues, one you learned from your trainers, but you'd use your own voice and just speak from the heart. I think that'd be brilliant. It would for sure require a lot of grit to drop all the things you only learned and instead rely on those things that truly feel right. Maybe you don't even know what that would be. Maybe that'd be also fear to do the wrong thing. Though, if you succeeded in embracing your unique voice and you only taught what you knew to be true, because as Gabby, you experienced it to be true, there'd be a lot more fun and ease coming to your yoga classes, I suppose. So let's explore that today. Let's explore how you can achieve that. Let's explore how to cultivate your own voice and still find security to a certain extent. I promise you it is possible, no matter where you stand in your journey as a yoga teacher, and you will be able to teach yoga with more ease once you allow yourself to be truly authentic. For that to work, you first need to get really clear about what you just learned versus what you know to be true, as my friend Gabby put it. And I suggest you do that after teaching a class, especially if you're a lot in your head anyway, then it's better to focus on the task ahead, guide your students and move all this observing yourself and evaluating your classes further down the line. But then sit down, maybe take a few notes and ask yourself, what are those moments in class when I don't feel fully connected? If you do not feel connected to anything in your class at the moment, the problem might be somewhere else. That to me sounds like anxiety and self-doubt are a big issue. And I recommend you listen to episode 14 on how to be confident when you're not, or episode 46 when you keep on teaching, but meh. But for most of you listening now, there will be parts of a yoga class where you feel present and connected and it all makes sense. And there will be other parts where you just don't feel it. And you can look at that from two different angles. One being a yoga teacher and the other one being a practitioner of yoga. As a yoga teacher, you might have come across parts of your class that feel weird when you teach them to your students. And let me give you an example of something I struggled with as a yoga teacher in the beginning. So in my official teacher training, I learned a certain way to do Shavasana. They wanted us to do several relaxation methods in a row, but it always felt weird to me talking so much at a time when students were supposed to delve into the quiet. And I was talking and talking, first helping them to find a perfect lying position, then focus on their breathing, then guiding them through progressive muscle relaxation, then through a visualization, and finally into the silence. And it felt so strange to me to spend so many steps, so many words on something that could be so easy. So I did teach it the way they taught me in the beginning, I never really felt connected to what I was doing there. So that for sure is something I allowed myself to drop later on. Where are those parts for you? The parts of class 
you don't feel connected to, the parts where you feel kind of distant and not all in. Maybe even a bit weird when you're saying the words out loud. What are those moments when you don't feel authentic, speaking, cueing, guiding your students? That can be a telltale sign of something you just learned, but you never really experienced or embodied it. Another way to approach this and find those things that you've learned but you haven't embodied is to look at it from a practitioner's view. So you as someone doing yoga. What are those parts of class that you wouldn't enjoy if someone else guided you through them? What are those cues that make no sense at all when you hear a teacher say them while you're practicing in class? For me, in the style we're teaching here at the yoga center, it is starting class with students lying on their backs, like Shavasana, but in the beginning. And the idea is that people need a moment of quiet and relaxation and not doing anything before starting yoga practice because they arrive at a yoga class from their fast-paced and busy days. It sounds like something that makes sense. And when you hear it in yoga teacher training, you probably think, well, sure, yeah, that's important. But as a practitioner of yoga, I have a different experience. When I go to class, I want to get going. That's why I'm there. And I love to start in a seated position, do a few simple movements combined with breathing, wake up the body, um, maybe do a few Sufi grinds or cat-cow poses. So teaching something I don't appreciate as a practitioner, having to lie down and do Shavasana in the beginning of class, it also feels weird to me when I have to do it as a teacher. So that is something I would do differently. And sure, when you teach at a studio that promotes a specific style, it is most probably expected of you to adhere to the guidelines of the style. I've even seen yoga studios giving out handbooks for their teachers, outlining what is okay and what is not okay to teach. Nothing wrong with that. And I do believe that should be respected to a certain extent. After all, you are part of their studio, you are allowed to teach there, but there's always room for creativity too. Even if there's a specific style, even if there are guidelines you need to follow at a studio. So in my case, when I teach yoga classes here at the yoga center, it is expected of me to start class with Shavasana and teach an overall Hatha class with lots of holding poses. But I'm also able to do Sufi grinds and cat cow once they rise from initial Shavasana. And I'm able to sneak in a few flow elements during sun salutations or in between asanas. Like that, I find a way to spice things up and add a little authenticity, add a little bit of myself to the classes I teach here. Now, I want to back up a little when it comes to the things you identified as shallow learnings, parts of teaching your class that you don't feel with your body and mind, your whole being to be true. Don't be too quick to jump to conclusions and drop all those things, all the cues where you don't feel connected because of three reasons. One is it may take some time for you to get used to cues and sequences and wording and some things may not feel totally authentic just because you're currently taking on this new role of being a yoga teacher. So this reason is especially for those of you at the beginning of your teacher journey 
give things time to evolve. The second reason you may not feel it all the time is so human, and it happens to all of us no matter how far we've come in our teaching journey. We do feel off sometimes just because we have other stuff going on in our lives. And sometimes we show up for class, but we are not really there. And that is okay. That's just human. So when you find things in your class that feel weird or moments when you feel distant, keep observing these things, these moments for a while. Look if it keeps repeating throughout several classes before you change things up. So again, take your time. The third reason you shouldn't let go of everything that doesn't feel authentic right away is the feeling of security. There might be a few things you learned in teacher training or you heard other teachers say that you just replicate without having a very strong connection to it. But these things still make sense as they provide you security for teaching your classes. And that could be, for instance, a very simple and repetitive way of cueing sun salutations. So sun salutations are tricky for many yoga teachers as they require them to say a lot of words in a short amount of time. They have to be precise, remember which side they're on, and hold the pace, hold the rhythm. It may feel a bit generic when you cue sun salutations by the book, but at the same time, it gives you a reliable framework so you don't stress yourself out over words and pace and everything. Another example could be the basic structure of a class. For a vinyasa yoga class, that could be five phases, like warm-up, standing poses, peak poses, floor poses, cool down. Well, actually, there are dozens of possibilities to structure a class, and that is just one example here. And such a basic structure has been proven to be effective throughout the years, throughout years of teaching yoga, and it has been proven effective for many different yoga teachers and their students. So that's something where you really don't need to stress out over uh, or try to reinvent the wheel. But you're lucky when your teacher trainers provided you with a proven structure and you can just repeat that. So what I'm trying to say here is not everything you learned but you do not feel deeply connected to is worth being eliminated from your yoga class right away. You want to keep the things you love for sure and some of the things that are just useful and give you a sense of security. And what is so beautiful about this is this sense of security will help you dare to teach more authentically. Because when you have things you can rely on, you will most probably also dare to teach things you really know and embody, even if they deviate a bit from what you learned. So you have a bit of security and you have a bit of courage. You dare something. Now, that is a foundation. You freed yourself from things that you just repeated after your teachers and you kept the things that give you safety and stability for teaching yoga. And with that foundation, you're ready to experiment. So now comes the fun part. And here's where your yoga experiences come into play. Now, if you are fairly new to teaching yoga, you might say, well, I don't have any experience. But frankly, you do, right? You might not have taught hundreds of classes or thousands of students yet, but you got a lot of experience doing yoga, being passionate about yoga, and that is exactly what you can draw from. Like really, 
don't underestimate the intelligence of your body and mind when it comes to doing yoga, the experiences you made, because they're so valid and so useful for teaching yoga too. Remember my friend Gabby who boldly said, by now I'm only interested in teaching stuff I really know. And that's exactly what she meant. She didn't want to teach things anymore that she once learned in a training program but never really felt in her body. Gabby only wanted to pass on experiences she had made herself. She only wanted to teach stuff she knew with her whole being to be true. So what are those things for you? What are those things in a yoga class that you experience to be revelatory or surprising or just awesome? What gave you chills? What made you connect deeply with your body and mind? Those are the gems you want to teach to your students. And those gems might not have been part of your training or your teacher trainers even advised you against doing it that way, but you found that it's been helpful to you. Maybe you discovered a variation of an asana that works much better for you. And when you go to class nowadays and your teacher cues the classic asana, you confidently practice your variation, no matter what everyone else is doing. And okay, just because something works well for you, it doesn't mean that it's a good choice for everyone, of course. But for some of your students, it will be helpful. And they will keep doing this from now on. Then they're much better off with it. And even for the majority of your students who won't adapt your variation, it will be beneficial because it shows them that they can always adapt an asana to their body if needed. Plus, and that's the best thing, it is so personal, so authentic when you share one thing that really helped me or here's something I saw another teacher do and inspired me so much. Sharing those stories, those experiences of yours will strengthen the connection you have with your students a lot and it will help you teach yoga more authentically. To wrap this episode up, I want to invite you to imagine what your yoga classes would look like once you dropped all the things that feel shallow, all the stuff you just learned somewhere without having experienced and embodied what it actually means. Imagine you made sure though to keep the stuff that gives you a sense of security and serves as a great framework for things in class to go smoothly. And imagine you dared to share those experiences you made yourself with your body and mind and you passed them on to your students. That to me sounds brilliant. I hope I could inspire you to be bold and dare to teach from your heart. It certainly is what makes teaching yoga more fun. It brings more ease and it will inspire your students deeply. If you want to come a bit closer, make sure to join my mailing list and I will share a personal message with you once a week plus more yoga teacher mindset inspiration. And you can sign up for that via my website. That is patrickfrozen.com. Patrick with a K, F-R-A-U-Z-E-M dot com. And for today, have a great one. Have amazing classes this week. I'll talk to you soon. Bye.